Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I am the 2022 Ratty Award winner for Best New Yorker, Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. And I'm Jerry. Jerry's back. <laughs> and we're back. It's been a long few weeks, y'all. It has been. The longest... The longest our, our show has gone without recording since we started this thing almost five years ago. I didn't like it. Wow. I didn't like didn't it care either. for it much. I'm not a fan. It's, no, either. it's not a pure necessity. It, it helps break up the week. It does. Totally does. Yeah. It's just been one long 14-day week. It's just the worst. It's been like a COVID day. Yes, basically. <laughs> for real. Especially in 2020, yeah. <laughs> how's everyone been? Jerry, how have you been? It's been how long since you've been on the show? You've been on this year already. I think I have for uh, Spider-Man. For mm-hmm. Spider-Man. So it wasn't too long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good. I, I you know, you, you were there at the Ratties and uh, that was fun. And then I got sick last week. So I'm glad I'm getting better. And <laughs> Yay. We are too. Yeah, yeah we are. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's just been a good time. I'm on my my spring vacation, so got five more weeks to just kind of hang out and get stuff done, and very excited about that. Who told you that? That's the Groundhog? Groundhog? <laughs> no, uh, pardon me, Pete wasn't uh, wasn't around. Sorry. Pardon me, Pete. <laughs> pardon me, Pete is the Rankin Bass Groundhog who narrates Jack Frost, Julia. Oh, Jack really? Frost special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's Buddy Hackett reference. <laughs> don't don't okay. worry, it's it's on our list in a few weeks. Oh joy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anthony and I, Anthony and I came up with like a whole convoluted backstory and everything for it. It was just fun. We basically had that bit. It's the meme, the Charlie Day meme with the big conspiracy board, like connecting all the rank and best. Ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that <it>. was us. <laughs> <laughs> Tom and Julia, how have you guys been? Been good. Went and saw the new um Secrets of Dumbledore with Hannah last week. We had Me a movie too, night. Date oh, night. Cool. I liked it. I liked Sad it. Sad they're not gonna continue it. Well, yeah. So I told Hannah that on the way, I was like, is it a little sad knowing this is our last Harry Potter mover movie in the theaters for X amount of undetermined time? she's like oh i didn't think about that and i was like right so a little sad but i liked it they got to do something right to i mean she's gonna need 
some sort of in- well maybe it's not she's made ridiculous amounts but wd I'm, is ma- is developing something for hbo supposedly oh HBO there we go. okay yeah. yeah okay just no big screen experience which we totally missed out on harry potter big screen experience anyway like i missed out on it hannah mm. obviously did because she was really young so that's also kind of a bummer right. um so it was nice having that experience with the fantastic beasts trilogy um, See, me and Sarah had the opposite. We were sitting there in Fantastic Beasts, thinking to myself, what a bummer this is compared to the old school Harry Potter experiences where there was that <laughs> electricity in the air, everyone was buzzing, it was sold out. And like yeah. here, it was just like, eh. like people were just like, yeah, it wasn't even a full theater for us. Yeah. When we saw it Friday. It was, um, it was my favorite of the three, but I have questions, which is why Julia and Tom, we need to originally. do a Patreon soon. Yes, there are supposed to be five, but they didn't make enough money, so they're not doing the last two. Sad days. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. I took the kids to see Sonic 2 yesterday. And it was it was fun, you know. And I okay. mean it, you're not uh you're not winning any like Oscars for acting here, but at the same time, there's just a fun and levity and just just uh i don't know just a roller coaster kind of ride to it. Um, it's a re- mm-hmm. it's the original really Tales it. voice, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Jim Carrey did great. Uh, he was a little more Jim Carrey-ish in this one, but <laughs> it kind of makes sense based on what happened to him at the end of the last movie. So yeah, but, but it was fun. Yeah. It was a good time. Idris Elba as as Knuckles. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, uh, I've only seen the previews, but he, uh, when I heard him speak like his voice through Knuckles, I was like, that's, great casting (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was i uh it's weird to me that out of all the video game adaptations out there people seem to have embraced the sonic movies as probably like one of the better (laughs) video game adaptations i don't know about adapting video games seems to just be so difficult i mean mortal kombat's you know i like them because i loved the games but they're terrible uh uncharted i'm willing to admit that uncharted was eh. um super mario brothers we don't speak of you know all these different ones has uncharted already come out yeah that's now on digital already are you serious that's the tom holland marky mark and Mm -hmm. the funky bunch one (laughs) man i remember i remember ethan playing that game because he got it for some holiday and like he was nearing the end of it and we were all sitting in the game room watching him play just like totally into it the games are amazing <laughs> such a tom holland was such weird casting though it should have been mark Wal- mark Wahlberg in the lead role not tom holland but i mean the script <laughs> it wouldn't have saved it the script was awful but tom how about you what's been going on um not a whole lot speaking of that jossie jason momoa is doing minecraft what? I did. No, I, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, I wish it were a joke. Aquaman oh. is starring in Minecraft movie. Which is which is funny because originally when they announced Minecraft a few years ago, it was Steve Carell was attached to Star. I guess they uh that are, I get. Yeah, that I get they're going a different way. <laughs> going a different way. Well, that's like, isn't he also gonna be the voice simple? of Frosty? Well, that was alleged he was supposed to start the live action frosty the snowman movie because don't you remember all the women on social media when we posted that on the tissa podcast group april and a bunch of them were like oh frosty's gonna make us melt (laughs) i vaguely remember that yeah 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm good. It was a good weekend. Sometimes. We we had a lovely Easter, very nice, calm, quiet Easter. And mm-hmm. uh, we're enjoying nice. Bright Week. Very nice. Same here. That's good. It's weird right though, right? There's this church outside of our neighborhood. And they have this obsession with doing things with giant letters. <laughs> like every week there's a new giant letter. And for two weeks leading up to Easter, it said, he is risen, celebrate, you know, all of these Eastery sayings are on their campus that you can see from the road. Right. And today, two days after Easter, it's all gone. <laughs> like they yeah. did not even, like they, they definitely are not honoring the 40 days celebration of Easter tide, much less like even bright week of Easter, like the Easter week. Right, right. In traditional churches, this is called like Easter Tuesday still. It is Easter Tuesday, yeah, yeah. And they're all gone, so. Yeah, I, they do, but are, they do the same thing with Christmas, you know? It's like they, they do. as soon as Christmas Day hits, it's like, bam. And nowadays, I've noticed like Walmart and, and Target and all those, they'll start taking stuff down and consolidating like two or three days before. It's like, wait, 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 I, I still need, you know, last minute. They still, I went to Target Christmas Eve out. this past year. They had Valentine's Day up. They had already taken out most yeah. of the Christmas oh. crap. I get the I get the consumerism. I get the stores trying to do it, but churches should really in, like savor the moment <laughs> as opposed to just going from thing to thing to thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it teaches yeah. our kids bad things too. Like we can't just enjoy where we are. We're always looking for what's next. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Tom, you're going to lead the countdown at the end of this episode. <laughs> but it's different for a different for a podcast themed Christmas. Like a podcast-themed, oh, you know, a Christmas-themed podcast. It's different for us than it is for a church. I don't know. No, absolutely. I, I get what you mean. And you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Christmas, did, there was this amazing TikTok today that I saw on Twitter. I didn't share it to Facebook. I should have. But somebody took a drone and built Snoopy's doghouse around it with him as Ace the pilot on top. And was flying it around, and it was incredible. I was like, I would pay money if somebody sold it like that. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I would buy that so fast. (laughs) That's the drone I need in my life. World War I flying ace. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be really great if you could animate him to do that in in a dive. (laughs) How hilarious would that be? (laughs) Be awesome. Very happy. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having that. I think that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of fun. Okay. Tonight. <laughs> we are covering what a, the what a seg. <laughs> <laughs> we are covering the 2021 Marvel Limited Disney Plus TV series, Hawkeye. Quick plot synopsis. How do you feel about the limited? I'm sad. Yep. We'll get to that in our histories. I have... <laughs> Can I tell you a funny story about this, though? Yeah. Yes. I kept talking about watching Hawkeye and wanting Christine, wanting, wanting Christine to watch Hawkeye with me. Mm-hmm. She's like, I need you to slow down what you're saying. And I was like, 
Hawkeye. She's like, okay, I thought you've been saying hot guy. And I have never heard of a show <laughs> called Hot Guy, and I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I need you to slow so, down. To piggyback um, off that, in the comic that this run is that this is based off of, one of his neighbors calls him Hawk Guy. Like he thinks his name is Hawk, Hawk Guy. guy. <laughs> oh That's man, funny. that is funny. That's funny. That gives me joy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, quick plot synopsis for y'all out there who haven't watched it. Taking place after the events of (laughs) taking place after synopsis is better. (laughs) There's just enough lag, Anthony. There's just enough lag. (laughs) Gotta watch the pauses, man. Okay. Taking place after the events of Avengers Endgame, it's Christmas time in New York, and all Clint Barton wants is to spend the holidays with his family. However, after meeting young archer Kate Bishop, they both get tangled up in a murder mystery, an underground mob, and a much bigger threat. Tom, what's your plot synopsis? Hawkeye. (laughs) I'm sorry, did you say hot guy? Yes. No. (laughs) all right let's do histories with hawkeye the show and the character in general i guess so guess first especially because he probably has the most interesting history of all of us jerry jerry day you first so i i've known of hawkeye uh for i don't know like 30 plus years he was never really that interesting or one of my favorites uh, you know, to me, but it wasn't until the Avengers was coming out and I knew that he was going to be one of the main Avengers on the team that I decided I'd go ahead and research a little bit more. And that's when I like just took a deep dive into the Avengers comics because I was always more of, you know, X-Men, Batman kind of guy. But as soon as, you know, they, they announced it, I was like, all right, I got to learn about the Avengers. So I just started reading and reading and reading. And he actually was uh, surprisingly interesting. Um, his character is is kind of a, not a loud mouth, that's not the right word, a kind of a smart aleck. He, he is brash and brazen. He is reckless to, to a you know point. And, but also he has this like high moral code where, it literally broke up his marriage because, you know, his wife wanted to kill the woman or or the man that violated her. And he was like, no, Avengers don't kill. I I mean, you know, to the point that like, we are above that. We, we have to set the standard, you know? And so I was, I found his character really compelling reading all this and and all the history of of Hawkeye, but it wasn't until Matt Fraction's run in like 2012 that I really, really enjoyed the character. And he became one of my favorites. Uh, of course, then the movies came out and they like barely used him in the Avengers. You know, he was under Loki's control and uh, and then he barely came out in the others. And and eventually he kind of had like a legit arc. And I thought, OK, we're seeing something. So when I heard they were going to base this off Fractions Run, I was like, all right, let's I'm down. Let's do this. But yeah, I was kind of I always liked Hawkeye, even though he was never like my super favorite character. But I think now he's probably up there for sure. I'll go next so we can end on two positive notes. Um, Hawkeye was never my favorite character in the comics, (laughs) nor the Avengers. I didn't care. I don't care much for um, Jeremy Renner as an actor or many of his things. 
and I don't care for Hawkeye as a character. I find him bland and boring in the majority of the MCU. So when I just couldn't care less, when he died, when Black Widow died in Endgame, I get it. That was the right move, her sacrifice, everything like that. But I sat there thinking that should have been Hawkeye because Black Widow is at least entertaining. I can't stand this character. And when they announced the series, I told my friend, I will never watch this freaking thing because I just don't care. There's too much superhero content from Marvel, from DC, from Star Wars to watch it all now. And I was like, Hawkeye is just one I could give two craps about. And then the day the trailer dropped, he sent me the link. And before I clicked on it, who would you he, give he, them to? Who would you give your craps to? <laughs> who would you give the two craps to? You said you could give them, but I don't know who's receiving them. You. <laughs> Not it. Called it. <laughs> no, <thank you. laughs> um, the day the trailer dropped, the first trailer and poster, he sent me the link. And he was like, I think you're going to want to watch Hawkeye. And I was like, okay. So I clicked on the trailer. And the minute it starts in with Christmas in New York, I'm like, literally, literally, the only way Marvel could have ever drawn me in was set this at Christmas in New York. So I was like, all right. Tim said the same thing, by the way. <laughs> Who did? Tim Bab. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, literally, the only way they could have drawn me in, Christmas in New York. So I was like, fine, I'll watch it. Especially because there's a cute dog on the poster, Lucky the Pizza Dog. So I was like, I'll watch Lucky, it. Yeah. Um, and I love the series. This is what Hawkeye needed from the beginning. Something to showcase mm -hmm. him as a character solo. To show how charismatic he could be and what he is alone as a hero. And not yeah. as the kind of punching bag of the team. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I love it. And it makes me sad how the rest of the MCU had portrayed him up to this point. But yeah. Before we move on, I have to bring up that SNL sketch they did when Jeremy Renner hosted after the Avengers. And it's like the Battle of New York. And uh, you know, they're like, All right, Hawkeye, you know, you gotta shoot your arrow here. He's like, uh, I, I'd love to help. I'm all out of arrows. They're like, What? How many did you bring? Yeah. He's like, you know, all of them, eleven. <laughs> <laughs> like you only brought 11 there's like hundreds of bad guys like yeah and i killed 11 of them you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry <laughs> yeah, no. uh julia how about you okay so no comic book history with hawkeye so really my only history is the avengers movies anyway um i have a thing for archers though like i quite enjoy the medium as a method of killing people in general. So um, I always liked Hawkeye. I thought mm -hmm. Hawkeye was great. Um, I get the irony of I mean, what you just said, 11 arrows and he's fighting off, you know, Loki's army and it's like a whole thing, which is fine. Um, but I've always liked Jeremy Renner as an actor. Um, and I've always liked the snarkiness that we get to see more and more of as the movies progressed with Hawkeye. Um, and then I really liked, um, in the first Avengers, I liked the relationship between him and Black Widow as like these tortured souls, right? Where they've got red in their ledger, they're trying to clear it. I appreciate right. that kind of story in a hero, anti-hero hero, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I always liked Hawkeye. I mean, not my favorite, but like he's up there. 
Uh, and as the movies went on, he got better and they gave him more of a role. Um, he's pretty pivotal with Scarlet Witch when she really gets her time in Ultron. Um, I like how he tends to be, he's a more mature person in all of the Avengers from an age. And I say from an age, I don't know. That's true from a personality perspective. (laughs) Um, and that really comes out in, um, uh, which one is it where they go to the farmhouse to his wife's oh, uh, house and like all that, which one Ultron. is that one? Ultron. 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 The Ultron. When he plays kind of that grounding figure in the Avengers. So I always appreciated that. Um, I was excited about the show because again, I like Jeremy Renner and I like the character. I'm really excited that it was set at Christmas time. And mm. Hannah and I watched it together like the day after Christmas. We blew through all the episodes because by then it was all out, right? I think so. I think so. Um, and I was kind of underwhelmed, like it was good, but then I was just kind of like, that'd be better. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not in the right space. And so I have definitely enjoyed it, but I rewatched it again today in preparation for tonight. And I liked it so much better on second watch, like incredibly so much better on second watch. And, um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of this one. This is one of those I looked at Marty and I'm like, you really need to watch this one because of all the Marvel stuff. Like you would like this one. This one would be right up your alley. So I like this one a lot. Um, it's definitely one of the better Marvel shows to come out. Still not as good as WandaVision, but we all know how I feel about WandaVision. So about you, Tom. Uh, I've always been a fan of Oliver Queen. Um, <laughs> really Hawkeye and the green archer are or the green arrow are just basically the, the same character in the different universes and I've always liked both of them because as you know for me and superheroes I like ordinary people who are superheroes um, right Hawkeye has no special abilities when he's fighting all these other people it is 100 his talent and the uh, 11 arrowheads that he can carry around with him. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I've always liked these characters. Again, I haven't been, um, I keep saying this. I know I sound like a a broken record. I'm not as much of an MCU fan as I have been DC, but with what the MCU has been doing in terms of these longer story arcs visually as a, you know, as a video, as a uh, TV show or movie, I'm growing to like them a lot more. And this one really just hit it out of the park for me on every level. I loved Hawkeye. Um, It's got all the things I love. He's an older character in this. He's very remorseful. He looks back, he's pensive. He's learned a lot about his life and he's really questioning who he is and where he fits into this. You know, um, I like these, these aging superheroes that we keep seeing the, the, the uh, Ben Affleck Batman, for example. I like that um, component. So, and I think Jeremy Renner just n- nailed everything about this. Um, how you can not like Jeremy Renner or something I don't really understand, but I'm kind of using <laughs> nonsense. I'll, I'll say yeah. maybe it's not so much Jeremy Renner as the sh- crappy films he's been in. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, and see, I, I first liked Jeremy Renner when he was in an episode of House. He was like an old rock star that no one mm-hmm. really got. I don't know if you remember that one. And it turns out he yeah. ended up have like, like having uh, seizures or something. But um, 
yeah, it was that I thought he did a fantastic job in that. So when I found out that that was the guy that was going to be Hawkeye, I was like, okay, I can see this. And I really enjoyed his performances. I just, you know, as I mentioned, I think in that first movie, he was so underutilized that it was kind of a bummer. So when he finally mm. comes out in the second movie and is like, you know, the the world is, you know, flying and I'm fighting robots and I have a bow and arrow. Nothing makes sense, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, was, I love that. I was like, okay, I get this guy. <laughs> the first time I truly liked him was in Endgame. <clears throat> because that was when he had the really? most emotion. And things to mm-hmm. do as Hawkeye or Jeremy Renner, period. No, as Hawkeye. That's so, the first time I really liked the character, seeing yeah. how he had been living this tortured life since his family died, seeing how broken up he was over Scarlet Witch, uh, not Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, when she sacrificed mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. Um, loved him during the final battle. I was like, okay, this character could be cool. That was the first time I really liked him. But yeah, it wasn't until the show I really fell in love with the character. Even if, uh, <laughs> I mean, I find I'm glad they included the hearing aid, but I was like, eh, they never made mention of this once before, <laughs> once before, but it's now relevant though. Yeah. If they've yeah. never needed to play this up before. Well, and it makes sense. I mean, if they're basing off the fraction run, he loses like most of his hearing in that run. Like he was already a little hard of hearing, but he pretty much loses like hearing in both ears during that, that story arc. So I mean, it makes sense that they would kind of use that now, especially. Yeah. All right. Let's run into the cast real quick and then get into this. Um, sure. In case you tuned us out for the past 15 minutes, Jeremy Renner plays Clint Barton, Chocolate, <laughs> <laughs> Master Archer, a former Avenger, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, what is your favorite Jeremy Renner, Gil? It's tough. First time I remember seeing him, he did a, he played, um, Jeffrey Dahmer years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Whoa. I didn't know that. I didn't know that That's either. The first time I really remember him. Then I didn't think much about him again until what else was he in? Hurt Locker. That was where I re- he re- that was also kind of his big that was a good one. rise yeah. to yeah. flame, right? That's where he got a lot of attention. Um, he, was such a, he was such a good troubled character in that too. I think I just like him when he's in these troubled, vexed roles. Mm-hmm. For me, it's definitely the Hurt Locker or American Hustle. How about you, Julia? Uh, I liked his turn in the Bourne movies. I know people don't love that one, but I actually like the Bourne Legacy quite a lot. Um, oh, I love but I liked Bourne him movies. in the other, huh? I love the Bourne movies. I love the Bourne movies. And I know that it's not popular with Anthony, but I liked his smallish character in, um, in the uh, reboots of Mission Impossible as well. Oh yeah, I like him. I anything. He was in that. I liked him in that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He, uh, his turn as Hansel and Hansel and Gretel was not my favorite Jeremy Renner. If anybody was wondering, <laughs> that wasn't about my. Show. It's not my favorite Hansel Witch and Hunter Gretel. Movie? Yeah, the Witch <laughs> Hunter movie and Disney. If you're listening, how have you not done a traditionally animated Hansel and Gretel movie yet? All the fairy tales you've based stuff on. It just seems like made for Disney. An evil witch, two kid characters. Like, come on. Hansel, 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 <laughs> Looney Tunes. Right Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's from an old Looney Hansel. Tunes sketch. Mm. What about <laughs> you, so right uh, Jerry? My favorite Jeremy Renner, mm-hmm. probably Hawkeye. Oh well, yeah, uh, that's an option too. <laughs> if we're saying other than Hawkeye, uh, yeah, probably uh, the Hurt Locker, I guess. 
he did he was i thought he did a fantastic job there Continuing the phase four tradition for Marvel of kind of passing the torch to the new generation of heroes, we have Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, the 22-year-old who becomes Barton's protege and trains to take over the mantle of Hawkeye. Um, so right now, she was my favorite part of the show. I'm glad they gave her so much to do. They really gave her equal billing. In some episodes, she had even more to do than, Hawk than Clint Barton. Um, and again, they're clearly setting her up just like Florence Pugh up to be the new Black Widow. Right. So I love Haley Steinfeld. I loved her in this. I can't wait to see more of her. Yeah. yeah you Are y'all Haley Steinfeld fans? I gotta say, I don't really know anything about her except that everyone wanted her to be Kate Bishop and then she was. And then that's, she was. <laughs> that's really the extent of my knowledge on her. She, she voiced Same. Spider Gwen in across the spider-verse into the spider -verse. oh did she really okay which is probably my favorite <laughs> Haley steinfeld prior to this yeah i know i know jerry d or was it chuck sent that meme to me in a group the other day watching oh. hawkeye <laughs> watching hawkeye for the plot and then it said the plot and it was just a picture of Haley steinfeld <laughs> 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 She was fantastic in this. I thought she did a great job. She really was a, yeah. a very likable Kate Bishop. Uh, I thought she I, really embodied the character from the comics. Uh, maybe a little more uh, awkward in some areas, but other than that, I thought she was she was great. I really want a buddy movie between her and Yelena Belova. Oh, that was amazing! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We have one of my favorite actresses we've covered on the show before, Vera Famia as Eleanor Bishop, Kate's mother and the CEO of Bishop Security. Jerry, since we've talked about her before, are you a fan of Vera Famia? I thought she in this, yeah, I thought she did a fantastic job. I don't, uh, I don't recall what she was in before, um, but yeah, she, they, they really kind of switched it up. So, like in the mm. comics, her mom is dead, and her dad was the villain. And this time they they thought they'd kind of play around with it because they really wanted to get that, you know, mother daughter relationship thing going. And I thought they did amazing jobs. Just, you know, they both are just strong willed women that, you know, nice and uh, powerful women. And I thought that they really wanted to connect, but at the same time, they just couldn't with each other. And it was just, it was, it was great. I loved it. I think, I think she acted the heck out of everything, every scene she was mm -hmm. in. It's a typical mm -hmm. like teenage mother daughter relationship that we see in real life, like this this troubled, strained relationship where both are trying. The other thing I really like is you said she was the villain. I have a hard time with that because we see so much complexity well, out of her mother villain, to call quote her, unquote. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah. in the comics, the dad is a villain. He is a bad guy. He is, yeah. Yeah. He's he's working with a Where villain is... named the Matador, El Matador. Right. And, uh, yeah. In this story, she's a complicated character, I would say. And I'm going to use yeah. that as a cheap cop-out. But No, you're not <laughs> wrong, though. You're really not you're, wrong. No, you're not. She's like a, like a reluctant villain, I suppose. <laughs> and even well, then, the arc, yeah, you're right. It's, it's not quite The arc that she plays is, is masterful. I mean, it is, it is worthy of a Best Supporting Actress role for, for a series. 
Uh, Vera Farmiga is a masterful actress and apparently a singer. She can do heavy metal like no one's business, as demonstrated in Woodstock the other day at a Ukraine charity event, where she like oh, remained really? on stage like doing heavy metal. Like it was insane. Awesome. It's on Instagram, <laughs> on her Instagram, and Patrick Wilson was there with her, and it was awesome. So check it out, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Um, we have, let's see, Linda Cardellini at reprising her role as Laura Barton, Clint's wife and former agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., also known as Mockingbird, which... I was okay, there, my like, question, is she Mockingbird? Is that what I, that was telling yes, us? I, I yes, I think she so, was. yeah, yeah. So then Do Laura ever, probably not her real name. story come out... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's, that explains why she never leaves the farmhouse, right? Why the whole family leaves without her, because she's in hiding. But I was wondering if that yeah. was if that is like specified or that was just uh, an illusion if it's continually I think it's just to. implied yeah okay because uh you know now that agents of shield is not canon to the mcu anymore um because they introduced adrian palicky as a uh, bobby morse and that you know the mockingbird but <laughs> it seems like they're kind of just forgetting all that and um i kind of like that i i like linda cardellini as an actress better <laughs> she was just yeah. a better actress so i and actually i think I, i'm excited to see what she can do it, with this role if she ever actually becomes mockingbird i think that'd be amazing she's just she's uh, yeah. a fantastic actress so i feel almost like this is a way for her not to become mockingbird like she's i think you're tired. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but she's somebody else we've covered on the show before and daddy's home too so she was uh marky mark's wife will ferrell's ex-wife or no, Will Ferrell's current wife. Will Ferrell's Marky current Mark's wife. Ex-wife. Right, right. So. Uh, let's see. Who do we have here? We have Alakwa Cox as Maya Lopez, a deaf commander of the Tracksuit Mafia, a.k.a. Echo, who Echo. is getting her own Disney yeah. Plus series. I thought she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I... And I loved that leading up to shooting. Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld took sign language courses so they could communicate yeah. with her behind the scenes that's just mm-hmm. i love when people do stuff like that uh who so did uh fra fee you know the guy that plays kazi oh uh, yeah too yeah they had a lot of time to actually really learn which is i mean that's cool to be able mm-hmm. to communicate and she's not this was like her first thing she wasn't really an actress um apparently when the casting call came out they just uh a bunch of her friends emailed her like hey you should try out for this and, and so she she got it. She just she said she kept getting emails and emails, and finally it was like, okay, you're in. We have awesome. Tony Dalton as Jack, Jack Duquesne, Eleanor's new fiance, and Armand's nephew. Um, I love this character. I love him in the comics, but I loved him <laughs> in this show. He was so good. Is he the same in the comics as he is in the show? Is he yes a flower no. villain in the comics? Okay, yes, he's more no. villainous. <laughs> he's definitely more villainous. Yeah. So he in the comics, he actually trained Hawkeye. He was like the uh the star guy of the circus that Hawkeye and his brother ran away to. And he trained him how to be an archer, he trained him with weapons, and um eventually Hawkeye became an Avenger, and then like three or four issues later, he became an Avenger. But it was all like kind of a plot to infiltrate by the mandarin and uh, it's a big thing anyway he eventually redeems himself but he's always kind of this you know he's this charming but kind of buffoon and he really 
plays that out until his death and it's just a you know he's kind of like a, a loser i hate to say it <laughs> oh he was just wonderful in this though he wasn't he nearly was. as, he, he, he was he so was funny so suave yeah I, but i feel like they still made him geeky enough where like you could make fun of him and oh yeah, yeah. Like, for sure yeah <laughs> um but he just reminded me of that was it the dos dosaki like the the most interesting <laughs> the man most in the interesting world? man in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um gary mentioned fra free plays kazi a mercenary for the tracksuit mafia we have mm-hmm. are you skipping florence Pugh on purpose i'm sorry no but you're, she's like doesn't come you're saving the, last the best for last she doesn't come into the last few, so I'm saving okay. the two big cameos for the end. I'm trying to okay. do the main <laughs> characters first. Just like you're spoiler clearly alert. skipping. No, she's my spoiler alert. She's like my favorite new member of I the know MCU. She is. I'm like, why? <laughs> why did you uh, um, Simon Callow plays Armand Duquesne the third, Jack's mm-hmm. uncle, and he was great. Uh, okay, so there's like great. some history there, I'm sure, in the comic book because that I didn't pick up on just in the show. And like, I feel like that little kid is going to be important down the line. Like, he's going to end up being somebody. Am Armando, I right about that? I don't. I don't actually remember an Armand okay. Duquesne. Um, it's possible he's there. I just. I. I don't recall it. Um, but I think that was just kind of a gag. <laughs> yeah, the kid um, needed this. The kid needed a backhand. For real. <laughs> I was going to do a certain actress next, but now to prolong Julia a little bit more, to prolong the anticipation a little bit more, we have uh, somebody everyone knew wasn't going to be in the series. He denied it until he showed up. Vincent D'Onofrio reprising his role from Daredevil as Wilson Fisk slash the Kingpin. And Marvel, Marvel, if you are listening, just say for sure whether or not daredevil is canon or a multiverse because half of your staff is saying it's canon half are saying that's just an other world and they're taking the cast just confirm but i personally think it's a multi i wish it wasn't a multiverse but i think it is because king Payne's bigger in this he's walking with the cane in this he's stronger in this he's not the same 100 the same character well but it has uh, been five years and you know a blip so sure he's been working out and grow literally working working out and eating a lot that's right that's two things i did during the lockdown more one than the other you're gonna say one thing i did julia julia are you comparing the blip to the lockdown that's offensive funny thing funny funny thing about vincent d'onofrio christine didn't really know who vincent d'onofrio was um, Does she know him for, as men of the black men in black guy? Uh, no, she didn't even recognize him as that. She, for her, it was that Law and Order criminal intent. Yeah. Right, right. And I talk about how much I like Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, you know, for years going back to he's like Full Metal Jacket, ridiculously days, good. Right? Full Metal Jacket. He, he is yeah. so good. Edgar Edgar slash Edgar suit. Edgar in Men of Black is one of his best performances. Like I know it's it's played for comedy, but no one, not every actor can do what he did with his face and make it look like somebody else inhabited that body. That was a master class. That was a master class. Him playing Orson Welles back in the day. I mean, he's just so oh yeah, he was great as Orson Welles. We were we watched the new Adventures in Babysitting with Ellie 
It's a cute. Oh, I'm sorry. It was cute. <laughs> Did you see it? I saw it, and the original can't hold a candle to the original. Don't <laughs> with the babysitter. It's it's well, that's not what it says anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they and it's not Elizabeth Shoe anymore either. No, they changed the original. Yeah, I know. Don't get me started so on that. The most the iconic original. line in a movie. They they go back. So we went back and watched the original as well with Elle when we saw it was all edited out. You know, what is the out. line now? Don't mess with the babysitter. Something like that on the train. Yeah, I but remember anyway. thinking that was so cool as a kid. And way thinking, to take I the want... '80s out of it. I, yeah, for real, <laughs> for real. <laughs> for real. <laughs> I remember just thinking in that one. <laughs> I remember just thinking I wanted a babysitter like her, like someone so bad, <laughs> like that. <laughs> And so I, he, the looks didn't hurt either. I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio he, he legit Thor. looks like Thor in that. I mean, he one hundred percent looks like Thor, and I love yeah. that was the running gag in the movie. Thor. Yeah, I love the fact. I loved his connection to the MCU back in what eighty seven. Way back then. Yeah. Uh, the kid in that movie looks like Rupert Grint, the best friend. Oh yeah. Yeah, he I looks like he looks like every '80s kid friend in every movie. <laughs> he does. Like, was he they all look like Ripper Grin. No, he wasn't in the Breakfast Club. Was he in the Goonies? No, that wasn't him in the Goonies. <laughs> Can we please do the original for Patreon? I freaking love that movie. It is a good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I wish that. Wait, was that a Christmas party they were at? Can we work Christmas into that, or is that just an office party? <laughs> I need to oh, figure that out. We've made our tethers before. We yeah we. Exhibit A tonight, but also if you haven't watched the Eyes of Tammy Faye yet, you should. Vincent. Oh, it's fantastic! As Jerry Falwell blew me away. Okay, that's Vincent D'Onofrio, strong horse, but probably my new favorite member of the MCU in Phase Four. Who I can't wait for her to officially join the Avengers, but even more so, I can't wait for her to get her own solo Black Widow movie. Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova. Uh, you know, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff's sister, like adopted sister, who is another Black Widow. I love her. I love her so freaking much. And mm-hmm. the, her chemistry between You're her... <laughs> pervert. <laughs> uh, I, 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 no. It, please. <laughs> I'm I'm like I I joke with Sarah all the time. The reason because she's I am like Ross in a lot of ways, the temper, the geekiness, everything like that. But like I will never laminate my list because it keeps changing constantly. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to pull a Ross where I take someone off and then run into her in the coffee shop in New York. Yeah, as it does. (laughs) Because that's what would stop me. Anyway. Um, she had such good chemistry in this, not only with Cl- Jeremy Renner, but also Haley Steinfeld, which is why I keep saying I want a buddy movie between the two of them. The whole yeah. scene where they're going through that office building, just beating the crap out of each other, trying to get <laughs> each other yeah. to stop. Uh, it was amazing. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, give it to me now, Marvel. I feel like well, even earlier when she's like, I made some good smelling macaroni. <laughs> 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 that whole back and forth i mean it was yeah it's really good and i and i loved i loved that we saw her blip out too and then her yeah, coming was back cool. and come and back not, yeah her come back and 
for these people, no time had passed. She's like, who the heck are you mm-hmm. in the apartment? Yeah, I loved, I liked it. I like the little bits yeah, of the blip they've been giving us throughout phase four. Right. Probably my, my mm-hmm. favorite part of phase four since there's really been no connective story going on yet. Mm-hmm. But that's a rant for another time. Um, <laughs> and then the only other three people worth mentioning, and they don't even have clickable links in Wikipedia because they're just they're not big actors we have Robert. yes we have clayton english <laughs> adam tipo thomas robert walker branchowd and adele drohas as grills wendy orville and missy the new york city larpers <laughs> who befriend and help clint and katie <laughs> it was such a random thing such to include so but... perfect though <laughs> especially was, because perfect yeah jeremy renner likes larping in real life which is just does he really really yeah <laughs> oh and then we have jolt the golden retriever who played lucky oh. the pizza dog who was adorable mm-hmm. so that's our the main characters of our big cast so Julia, I'm going to pass it to you and just kind of give us like an overview here of the story. Like not plot by plot, but what's the main thrust of the story here? Um, so we've got Hawkeye post, really post um, Black Widow loss, right? Because it's a driver in the whole plot. Um, is this it's right massive, after Endgame. Right. And he, he has this massive personal loss in Endgame and has to go right into the battle. Um, So he doesn't get a chance to grieve on screen necessarily, like we really expect because their relationship was so close. So we have Hawkeye post Thanos um, with his family, um, which is important to him, um, set at Christmas time, which magnifies the family part. And he's in In New New York York City. City. And it's I'm assuming it's around about the first time he's really been back to New York City since all of that happened. Can I say, like, yeah. interrupt you real quick, by the way, Julia, because yes. you brought this up during your history. You said the first time you watched this, you were underwhelmed a bit. And yeah. I'm surprised by that because I thought for sure immediately you would have loved this because of the family aspect. And because not mm-hmm. only that, he is such a dorky dad, not a dorky dad, oh, but I the loving <laughs> A loving, yeah. involved dad, but also kind yeah. of dorky. He has his ugly sweater nights, his movie nights, his caroling <laughs> nights. I thought for sure that was right up your alley. So I'm surprised the to hear you were brand. underwhelmed yeah. at first. Yeah, I can't. I And I don't know why I was. I was. Maybe I was just so, I don't know. I liked it so much better on second viewing. Maybe because I'm removed from Christmas a bit and it was like a warm right. hug, you know. Yeah. Um, but we've got Hawkeye. He's got some family time going on. His wife is not there. So it's just him and the kids. And he is still processing um, everything that's happened in the last few movies, <laughs> last few years. Um, because he took a journey that was slightly different from a lot of our other Avengers friends in that um, he became Ronan during the blip um, and really faced some demons and became a sort of demon during that so he's got and, some wrestling and while they all lost black widow he was the one who had history with her before the avengers were even a thing right, right. and he was there for the loss specifically right and uh, i feel i find it interesting as well that this whole phase four one of the things they're emphasizing is kind of like the divisiveness in the world like you see mm-hmm. in this Thanos was right written on the bathroom wall like oh, there's like a large contingent in all these phase four movies mm-hmm. and specials that think Thanos had the right idea like 
you know, population yeah. control, essentially. <laughs> right. Running alongside our Hawkeye story is this, um, we meet Kate Bishop and she's our up and coming future Hawkeye, right? So we get a cool perspective in the very first episode that I quite enjoyed on the making of her, her origin story, so to speak, started with um, being in the middle of the battle of New York in her beautiful, mm-hmm. wonderful apartment and her seeing Low class apartment in New York, Julia. Come on, like, <laughs> like what uh, are they? Slumlords? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> um, her seeing Hawkeye fighting in the distance and really latching onto that as a way to ground herself in that moment. Um, and we see her take that as a banner going forward after her father dies in the battle um, as a way to protect, uh, protect your mom, protect yourself, but really like that protector instinct comes out in her, which all these heroes have that. So kind of important when it comes to a hero origin story. Um, so we see Kate growing up, we see Hawkeye winding down. I mean, it's really what he's doing. His character, along with Mm -hmm. a lot of these other Avengers characters are winding down. He's trying to find space in the world. That's not as Hawkeye. And so we have the two intersect, which is our, him training her up to be the future as, as he can hopefully step out. Um, and he's very reluctant. And I like that. Isn't the tagline of this, um, was it never meet your heroes or something yep. like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get that relationship entirely, which is just fantastic. Cause it really spotlights how snarky Hawkeye is. Um, at the same time, it spotlights, I don't know anything about Katie Bishop, by the way, just from the show. Um, spotlights what I hope her character is like in the comic books as well as very fluffy. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, and positive and like pretty confident, but like in an endearing way, not in a cocky way. Um, And And it showcases too, she's kind of like, because we know Hawkeye is a dad, we don't spend a lot of time with him and the kids, but it showcases that paternal instinct, right? Because he's very protected Mm -hmm. of her in large part because she is bare, just a, ch- uh, you know, she's 22 years old, but she's barely out of childhood, essentially. Like he's right. viewing her as a daughter, essentially almost. Right. And in return, mm-hmm. he becomes a sort of father figure for her as well. Yep. She cares about him very deeply and he reluctantly so, but totally does, cares about her very deeply as well. Um, we get the inner co-mingling of mommy issues. <laughs> mommy ends up being Katie's mom ends up being um, a little underhanded um, and has ties to Kingpin in the long run, even though she is a complicated villain, like Tom said, she right. loves her daughter and she is very protective of her family. And this show, at least, I don't know what the comic books do. Um, you see, or you get the sense that all of her actions are coming from what she perceives to be a good place is protecting her family and herself. Um, even if she has to go about underhanded means to do it. Well, to um, Jerry's point in the comics, it was her dad, not her mom, but right. her dad was definitely right, right, at right. least more outright villainous from what I remember. He was. Yeah. 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 Um, and then on the other flip side of it, we have, um, as Hawkeye is reckoning with his past as Ronan, um, his outfit, his costume, Ronan costume comes up and he is wanting to reclaim it, I think, because he's trying to stamp that part of him out um, and remove traces of that. So um, 
for this specific show, uh, Haley Steinfeld's character ends up putting it on thinking she's a total bad A and because it's a handy dandy <laughs> way to hide her um, persona from people she's fighting in the moment. Um, but that has trickle down effects because we are introduced to, um, as you say, Echo is her name in the oh, comic yeah. books. Um, Echo, whose father was killed by Ronan um, a while ago, and she's on a search for vengeance. Also on a search for vengeance is <laughs> is uh, Black Widow's sister, Yelena, um, who she is in a search for vengeance against Hawkeye, because how on earth could he let that happen uh, to her sister in this? Did I, did I miss something? I only watched this oh. series once. So how did she know? At the end of Black Widow movie... <laughs> Like the stinger, she's talking, and uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Oh, she told the her. Contessa, yeah. She yeah. says, you know, you know, Clint Barton killed your sister. Right, right. Like right, she right. straight out tells her that. So now she I, thinks that Hawkeye killed, you know, Black Widow. So right, that's yeah, I forgot all about to. that. I was actually surprised yeah. she didn't make an appearance, like in a post credit sting of this series, because they seem to be setting her up to be like the oh, yeah. anti, you know, Nick Fury. Right. Sure. Right. Valentina de Fontaine. Yeah. <laughs> Julia um, Louis I love how we met. I loved how we met Kate Bishop. Oh, um, the bell in, tower. In, oh, in yeah. Scene where she destroys the school <laughs> bell tower and clock tower. In a gorgeous night. snowy night. Uh, like the aesthetic. Like we covered Spider-Man to Tom's point, which is not a Christmas movie. Um, mm-hmm. It had like one moment of Christmas. To all of our point, it's not a Christmas movie. Right, right, yeah, right, none right. of us agreed it was Christmas movie, man. This, this one, <laughs> I wouldn't call a Christmas show, but this one seeps with Christmas. It's, it's a lot more Christmassy. Yeah. yeah, like it's New York. Like as a resident New Yorker here, I it was new. It felt like New York at Christmas. And mm. that's the highest compliment I can give it. And they are, they are through the entire thing. We're hearing cr- wonderful Christmas music too in the background. Oh gosh, yeah. I love so how good. I love yeah. how they work the carols and songs into the score too. It's yes. not like you're, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so, so good. good. It was so well done. I picked up more on that this time with the second watch. Maybe that's that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that increased specifically my, Carol the Bells like a lot, it. which I love. That was a lot, such yeah. an epic song. <laughs> Well, and it makes sense. That's like how we were introduced to Kate. She destroyed a bell. Carol the bells. What a great fit. So, so not to jump to the end here, but I'm going to for a minute because I mentioned this to Jerry before you guys hopped on. One of the things I was most disappointed about, especially because Marvel is so interconnected, Spider-Man came out around the same time as Hawkeye, and that movie ends with him right over Rockefeller Center about to swoop <laughs> down. I would have loved him to make an appearance at the end, even if it was like, you know, they can't get Tom Holland. So maybe like right after Clint Barton finished off everyone, he shows up late, like just have the suit there, the guy in a suit <laughs> with Tom Holland's voice. I thought that would have been That's really funny. cool. Yeah, I, I yeah, kind of that would have expected been... that. Yeah. Um, but the end of it, I mean, the resolution comes with Clint facing Elena and I loved that scene, by the way. Um, First of all, we got this fun fight scene at the very end, which is very entertaining. And all the fight scenes in this movie are highly, or show are highly, highly entertaining. Um, but in I like because they're real. They're not superheroes. They're just a street right. level villain. They're just yeah, yeah. Like so, like cool yeah, heroes. 
Right. So you could see many of these fight scenes <laughs> happening in real life, right? No. Obviously mm-hmm. not the shrinking arrow, but like a lot of the, they're all plausible. Never seen a compared, shrinking arrow in real life, man? Come on. They're all plausible <laughs> compared to Iron Man flying around or Thor right. throwing his hammer yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can't get over the I liked also suits. the heavy. Yeah. The tracksuits are the tracksuits. So, so I was about to say, out of the comics. Yes, and I was about to say, Jerry, could you give us a history lesson on this? Because people who may have just only seen this show would probably think it's so weird. (laughs) So they really are like they're called. Well, he calls them tracksuit Draculas, uh, but it's it's literally just like a Russian, uh, just a Russian mob kind of a thing, and they're just wearing. They don't really specify why they wear tracksuits in the comics. It's just, <laughs> but yeah, it's they own the building that he lives in and they like try to evict oh. everybody essentially because they want to sell it and make a lot of money. And he stands up for everybody and like faces them down and pays, I think, like twelve and a half million for the building. And so he wow. basically buys the building from him forcibly and is able to to just let everybody live there rent free. And he, because of that, they kind of have like a vendetta against, against him. And so they, they keep coming back. They kidnap, you know, a girl and all sorts of things like that. But uh, it's just, I love how in the script, apparently there wasn't very much of the actual dialogue from the comics. And so the actors themselves were playing these tracksuit uh, guys. They read the comics and they're like, we don't have enough bros in here. So they just started throwing bro (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) They were hilarious. <laughs> they really were. There's so much fun. There's so many funny lines in the show in general, <laughs> but like even like what you would think would be complete throwaway lines from the goons were just yeah, funny. Right. Very funny. Well, like when he's like, you know, that he bought Imagine Dragon tickets for his, <laughs> his girlfriend. <laughs> hey, I, I, buy, she wants to take her friend. I buy Imagine Dragon tickets for my girlfriend and she wants, she doesn't want to take me. She wants to take my friend, her friend. <laughs> <laughs> and she like gives him like couples therapy so great yeah <laughs> and they bring yeah. it back at the end that's the best part when he thanks her <laughs> like it worked you got a few doubt maroon five oh i'm so mad that's so good <laughs> so funny. very smart i mean the whole show itself is very quick um yeah it's paced really nicely um i think they're you know the moments where you're really supposed to sit and and wallow with hawkeye you're allowed to do that um but but it's pretty snappy and i really enjoyed that um and you get i mean you get arrows that have um ant-man technology to them which is very cool so i mean there's some callbacks to all the rest of the avengers and um, oh, that montage of them building the arrows. That was cool. Trick arrows. That was, that was super cool. Yeah. I loved the callback to uh, because it's something you, you could see happening in real life, right? Like that's where the Battle of New York happened. And mm-hmm. Hawkeye has that moment of reflection during the city because they have the plaque at this site the in plaque. 2012. Yeah. The Avengers assembled for the first time, which I thought was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I did like I did like when he shrinks the the, the you know the big old truck that's coming at them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I wonder what happens to it afterwards. And he's like, I don't know. I'll have to ask Scott about that. And then the owl comes and grabs. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> we would be remiss if we didn't mention references to the Avengers, some musical, Captain Rogers. Some musical. <laughs> that was oh, awful. That looked terrible. <laughs> it, lo- it was awful. The song was awful. It was awful. Oh, I love uh, that song. I'm not a musical uh, guy. I loved that song. <laughs> um, it, it reminded me of the bad Spider-Man uh, Into the Dark Broadway did for a while that shut down because it was just so bad. It had oh. that stigma to it. But And I think that's what they were going for. But I love how Rogers the Musical has had like a recurring thing too. Like you see billboards and Spider-Man and everything. <laughs> like um, There are billboards spotted in London for the West End on the set of Secret Wars with <laughs> so like it has a, it's a, a Rogers the musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well apparently they called Mark Shaman. They're like, hey, you know, we, we want to do this whole musical number because it mentioned it in the script, but that was it. They're like, let I mean we can't just mention it and not show it. We have to show it. So they called him to write this whole thing and his partner like would take him to the movies to watch all the Marvel movies. And so like, then they would sit in their car afterwards and his partner would like explain everything that they just saw to him. So he's like, you know, I, I knew what a Tesseract was. I, you know, I, I knew what Chitari was. It's like, I never thought I'd ever be writing a song that I had to rhyme Tesseracts to. <laughs> well, my, fa- my favorite thing about that musical was that I was getting things wrong. Like he was like, Ant-Man wasn't there. But Ant-Man was oh, yeah. <laughs> I did like that part, yeah. He was, was only a little bit bitter. <laughs> did you turn your hearing aid off? <laughs> oh, um, man. That whole uh, episode, you know, that that like couple of scenes where she had like stomped his his hearing aid. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, what they did with the sound design was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, where everything was like muffled. He could barely hear. Uh, I just, wow. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. And the, the way that yeah, we that saw was Kate, the neat effect, the, 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 the way we saw Kate and Clint bonding through that, too, with Kate going above and beyond and making sure that he could communicate with his son. Mm-hmm. Oh, did that did that, that did that hit me. you in the feels, Jerry? That got me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of family, I liked Echo's brief beginning part of her episode where she was really featured between her and her dad. Um, so yeah. she's deaf, and the way that um they grew that with her as a kid, which well done on the casting, because that kid version of her is like looks just like her that is remarkable like if they had the technology to de-age somebody that young i would have yes. sworn it was her that's it that, yeah. that was yeah, totally they did a fantastic it. job there um but in a very short amount of time they gave us the feels for her and her dad's relationship even though you knew the whole time her dad was probably mixed up in something bad right um but you also couldn't deny the fact that he loved her desperately and you could see that um and so how that formed her into the person she is and her story of vengeance and trying to find ronan and kill ronan that was straight out of the comics as well it's it like just her dad worked with the kingpin he was you know her quote-unquote uncle he took care of her everything but he had her dad killed i mean it was like just right out of it i thought it was amazing even at the frame for frame almost shot for shot where she's you know holding the gun to him at the end it was was fantastic uh no there's a couple of deleted scenes that i saw um that kind of expand on that a little bit so there's one where she meets kazi in that karate class and you know she signs to him and he's like trying to he's like figuring out what she's saying in the signs uh so that was really cool you know it's like our dads work together and then um there's one where you know her dad can't 
pick her up. And so Kingpin was like, he picks her up and he's like, Hey, let's, let's go out for some ice cream. I mean, it's like, he really, I mean, really interesting stuff that I see why they cut, you know, it, it kind of cut hampered the flow of everything, but at the same time it built the characters like crazy. So yeah. Can we, can we talk about Kingpin for a moment? Yeah. Sure. First of all, I mean, again, Vincent D'Onofrio, incredible. But man, that guy for having no super strength or anything, like, <laughs> holy crap, like, talk about a brawler. Which makes it all the more impressive. Right. But he doesn't, That's right, Jerry? Does he? No, no. In, in the comics, he's, I mean, it's just pure muscle. He was like a circus strongman, essentially. Um, and it's it's just all muscle even though it looks like fat um but he's been shown to like work out with like ridiculous amounts of weights he i think he's just like really peak human strength um although yeah it is kind of ridiculous in some of these shots <laughs> it doesn't uh, make any sense, all i'll but... say is it makes it more impressive to tom's point um that eleanor bishop like is not your full-on villain that she kind of stands up to him there in the end like this is the last mm-hmm. time i'm doing anything for you because holy crap if that guy had me working for him i wouldn't give notice ever i'd be like okay i'm going to freaking jail before i cross this guy <laughs> please, please exactly. don't kill me like <laughs> just, say. just sit across yeah. the table from him yeah yep Especially as he had that demeanor, like when she told him, this is the last thing I'm doing for you. He's like, I would really think about that before you make your In final decision. In the spirit decision. of the season, doesn't he say yeah. that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Season. I yeah. asked you to reconsider or whatever he said. Like, I was like, oh man, like that's so, you I'm intimidated die. watching this on my couch. <laughs> I like how he was wearing the uh, the red Hawaiian shirt underneath the <laughs> yeah. business yep. uh, comic. <laughs> It's like his vacation shirt in uh, in a family business comic. I mean, he's like in Tunisia and I think Egypt and a couple of other places there, and that's what he wears under his white suit. It was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked uh, yeah. when Swordsman was doing his bit, you know, and and they were fencing. She was like trying to get him to confess, and she's like, "Stop letting me win!" And he's just kind of toying with her but he keeps uh-huh. playing it off like oh you know you're you're so good you were a state champion or two-time state champion and and then in the end she like just lunges at him and he masterfully dodges it and disarms her mm-hmm. at the same time and he's like i might have underplayed my skills <laughs> yeah i like that was so cool i like how they're and i liked him coming back at the end and he's a yeah. good guy he was a good guy yeah. we thought he was bad yeah yeah he was a good red herring i thought yeah he was <laughs> I liked that. He yeah, and then at the so end, he's just earnest. fighting the tracksuits. <laughs> I do hope we see him again. Like, I hope uh, Kate keeps a relationship with him once she now that she realizes he's a good guy. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I too. the scene where he's getting all the aphorisms wrong was a very sweet scene. <laughs> like, so sweet. And the way that you can see in her face, well done for her acting, that she's yeah. softening, you know? Um and she sees that her mom's happy and she wants her mom to be happy too. And all of that, like, that was a great scene. Except that her mom let her it fiance was. almost go to prison for her. Uh. <laughs> so as this is a Christmas podcast, can we talk about all the different Christmas set pieces? We have the, yeah. the ride through the Christmas tree farm, which every action oh, yeah. horror movie has to have a ride through the Christmas tree farm. If it's a Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> we have my favorite set piece at the end, the Rockefeller Center tree, and then on the ice rink beneath it. 
which was of incredible. Course. Of course, that's where yeah. that's where our final scene is going to take place. Mm-hmm. I, of course, I think I actually preferred as far as Christmas goes that scene where she like you know, hey, you, you're you stuck here. Let's make the best of it. And she gives them an ugly sweater and they watch movies and they decorate the tree. Yeah. And that's yeah. when he shows her how to do that coin flippy thing. Like, yeah. Later. Yeah, that was Which, uh, a wonderful whole segment. It was. Yeah, it was her getting really a, gave me the feels. It was her getting dad time that she didn't have that was taken away from her. That she yeah. didn't have. Yeah. And yeah. Barton taking on that role. Just he can't help but be a dad. I love her apartment, like the oh, industrial like apartment, like with the oh whole... uh, her apartment, the one that catches fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one the tracksuit mafia throws molotov cocktail. Yeah, right I was so sad about that. <laughs> I like how uh, Jack is uh, later on. He says, "What's in a molotov cocktail?" <laughs> <laughs> Thinking it's a drink. <laughs> it's a beautiful city at Christmas. I know it's yeah. almost like I've been begging all three of you to come visit for a weekend around that time. Almost like it. Well, you know. <laughs> well, Jerry, I get it. <laughs> Jerry's a little busy at that busy time season. of year. I don't know if you know this or not. Yeah, yeah, it's usually our busy season. <laughs> I know. It's almost like uh, you know, I keep telling Julia and Marty and Tom and Christine, bring the kids out, free place to stay. Yeah, Christine won't fly. That makes Come it to tough. the coast or have a party. Yeah, and us coming is a six-person invasion of your home. I mean, it's that's like that's a commitment. That that's totally fine. I just imagine this playing out at, at bedtime in a very uh, uh, Willy Wonka fashion. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the family, the the two families stacked together, head to feet feet <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll wake you guys in the morning with an oopa loopa song Oom-ba. oh lovely i love it <laughs> well, i expect you to write a whole wake up song to that theme when you said bedtime the first thing i thought of was a uh, sound of music so long farewell <laughs> julia has enough kids just, to pull you know, each off. one of julia's kids going yeah just about <laughs> oh man this was a fun show i liked it yeah it was kind of bummed that uh, this is the only season we're going to get. Okay, so that's what I wanted to ask. You are, but you are bummed it's going to be the only season. Yes, I am. Yeah, I'd like to I'm see not. another one. G- give Kate Bishop her own movie, or give her and Florence Pugh their own like team up show, like, like a t- their team up mini like series, company style Wait. comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, I'd watch that. <laughs> I have been. Like all these mini series, like WandaVision was a one off, which I'm glad because that series mm-hmm. is perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Loki's well. only getting two seasons. If people want more Loki, I've been advocating for putting him and Agatha in a show together and having them team up over something because that would be amazing. <laughs> that charisma. Uh-huh. That would be spicy. Uh, <laughs> put Kate and Florence Pugh into their own thing together, like a mini series. I love that. that. Would be amazing. Kate and Florence Pugh, not uh, Kate and Yelena. Or, or <laughs> no, I, I, I always, I always forget her name. I, re- I remember Kate's name. Can't remember Haley Steinfeld's name. I never I mean, remember Yelena. I remember for Florence Pugh. They're they're clearly setting up a Young Avengers. Sure. And, uh, oh, I'm all for that. So I'm I'm excited to to see that. Well, I'm, I'm not they- a huge Young Avengers comics fan but i think these iterations i'd really be down for are they do okay so i'm not sure so much whether or not they're setting up but 
it, I mean, they are setting up Young Avengers. I'm not so much sure, so sure if they're setting up the title to be the Young Avengers or if it's just kind of passing the torch to the newer generation. Well, yeah. Like, because I, mean, I, I, I can see the two of I mean, them, but... I can see the two of them in the new Avengers movie with Doctor Strange and Lady Thor and everything. Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah. I think it's a whole passing the torch. Even, even Loki, even Loki pass is kind of they're kind of like <clears throat> introducing female loki and everything to kind of lady like, loki lady loki Sylvie. that's it but i mean this whole se- this whole phase four so far i think the point of it is passing the torch you have sam as the new captain america you have uh the right. mighty thor not lady thor jane yep <laughs> um you have sylvie you have Elena, <laughs> you have Kate. I think it's a passing of the torch type season, and I like that. Mm-hmm. You have the white vision or whatever the vision, the new vision is called. Right. Oh, I hope they bring. Boy, Paul Bettany really one. worked that, Butler. didn't he? He's like, hmm. <laughs> he looks really cool. Why don't you just bring vision. me back? <laughs> I uh, <laughs> that whole guarantee, bit in one guarantee you, they're like arguing philosophically on yes. uh, the ship of uh, was it Theseus. That's right. One of those. Yeah. I guarantee you he's going to be in Doctor Strange. You think so? Wanda is. Wanda's clearly going off the rails a bit. I think he's going to come back and kind of talk her back. Yeah. Or at least show up in her her Westview fantasies. I think she's going off the rails. I mean, we all watched What If, right? You think she's going to lose her mind? I do. And there are hints of that in the trailer anyway. She has the black fingers. She's going evil. She has the same black fingers that Agatha had when she got hold of the dark hold. There's there's rumors that Tom Cruise is going to be a Tony Stark <sighs> variant from another no, universe. You think that's no <laughs> I'm I, I'm, really I'm not I'm, down I'm, for that. I have a lot of words to say about Tom Cruise and none of them are PG for the podcast. Number one. <laughs> okay. Number number two. I'll say this about the multiverse, both for Marvel, DC, any other franchise out there that wants to do it. It's a cool concept, but it could get tired very fast. Don't abuse it. Don't like if it's phase four, if phase four is multiverse, cool. I don't want to see the multiverse for 25 movies. Like <laughs> I don't need to say, I don't not for Marvel, not for DC, which I love, not for any franchise out there. It's can get old and tiring and repetitive very fast. Mm-hmm. I could see that. That's my caveat there, but a Hawkeye. So is this a Christmas show or is it a show set at Christmas? They went, I think set at Christmas, they, but they went so far and above with it. Right. I don't know. You guys thought Die Hard was Christmassy. This felt more Christmassy than Die Hard to me. So I'm going to say it's a Christmas show. Jerry, it's been nice having you. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> aesthetically, it's definitely more than Die Hard. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess you could make the argument for the whole family with him, the whole family theme. I don't know. I'm going to say no. I mean, but I, you, I could see the argument being made that it is. So there's me hedging my bets. I think it is. It's I'm saying yes. Arbitrary anyway. What about you, Tom? I felt the Christmas feels throughout this whole thing. Okay. Did it have a Linus moment anywhere in the series? There were a lot of Linus moments in this. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> Clint had so many. 
All right. Mm-hmm. So since this is a whole show and there's really nothing you can rank it against, I'm just going to ask you, and I know I'm not going to ask you for a specific number on your MCU list, but whereabouts roughly top tier, middle tier, lower tier, the MCU top tier. would you rank it? No question. Top tier. Top tier. Yep. Agree. Jerry? Yeah. It's got to be top tier somewhere up there. I am going to say it's number 12 on my list because I have my letterboxed ranking of the entire MCU here. So <laughs> have that li- ready listener, listeners, follow me on Letterboxd to see my rankings of a whole bunch of different uh, movie <laughs> franchises and stuff. Um, but it's number 12 on my list. By the way, which is- they're wrong. <laughs> Jerry's, got a good, ha, ha, ha. Jerry's got a very good point there. Ha 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 ha. It's number 12 on my list, still top tier. Yeah. But there's been a lot of stuff. There has been a lot of stuff. I tell you, let me tell it. And I'm not going to, we're not ranking because there's nothing to rank it against. And it's a whole show. So, Julia Hugo. So happy. I, I, I will say, though, I want to put New Moon Knight near my top tier, but they need to fix that crappy CGI costume. Ugh. The CGI that, that CGI is, is awful, and show, I don't understand because Disney like Plus is not side bad. Disney Plus has not skimped on the CGI of Star Wars or any of their other Marvel content. So why is this one so bad? Especially because they have a physical costume. It's all it's so distracting. Yeah, it hasn't. I haven't even noticed it. Oh, it's awful. I can't. How do you notice? How do you notice costume CGI issues when you have Oscar Oscar Isaacs on the screen? Like literally, like you're looking at the wrong thing, bro. Because he's not on the screen when he's not he's not on the screen when the costumes on the screen. (laughs) Yeah, bro, you're not looking at the right stuff, bro. It's pronounced bro. (laughs) Bro. (laughs) Uh, I will I will ask you guys uh, just before we start wrapping things up here. uh, Thor trailer. What did you guys think? fun i haven't watched it it was fun i have feelings about natalie portman but honestly it's taika watiti <laughs> and i'm gonna watch absolutely anything he puts uh, out natalie port yeah. i've never wanted to be a thor villain so badly until i saw natalie portman's arms and her hammer lifting the hammer like that <laughs> <laughs> i just i'm not a natalie portman fan uh again <laughs> she had no char- she had no charisma in the first two thor movies i'll agree with that but she's a yeah, fantastic actress. So I'm sure. hoping they could do with her and this, what they did with Hawkeye. I hope. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. got to get used to it. She's going to be Thor going forward. <laughs> well, Thor yeah. wasn't great in the second one. Um, no, he but wasn't. Then Taika Waititi, you know, just like yeah. blew his performance. I mean, up in that Ragnarok. I mean, it want was- to talk, want to talk controversial opinions. I didn't care about Thor until Waititi. And the Russos got their hands on him. I hated the Thor solo films. Are but once Waititi did Ragnarok, the first two. Once Waititi uh, oh. got Ragnarok, which I loved, and the Russos, the way they characterized him, love the character now. But those first two <laughs> solo films where they oh. took him way too seriously, yeah. and it was like so, you know, oh, Doth protests too much. And I was like, no, like, screw this guy. He sucks. That wig is awful. Get him off my screen. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for this. I am still laughing over that shot of him 
edging into Star Lord's vision when Star Lord's talking about looking at the ones you love because <laughs> <laughs> cracked me up so much. <laughs> and I and that's why I think and again, Chris Hemsworth has such good comedic timing. I'm glad they're mm-hmm. starting to lean into it. So. Oh, he is good. We get the, uh, yeah. the original Thor costume in when he's running. I don't know if you yeah. noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> With the yellow boots. Oh, so cool. <laughs> we got our first glimpse of Jeffrey Rush's Zeus from behind. Jeffrey Rush? I, I just know. <laughs> I don't even remember. That doesn't sound right. What's his name? Russell Crowe. Ma- Maximus. Russell Crowe. Yeah. I don't know where oh, I got to rewatch it. <laughs> um, He's holding yeah. the lightning bolt. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for it. It's only like three months away, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice perk of them uh, holding the trailer for so long. Well, and uh, Multiverse of Madness will be here pretty soon, too. Yes, I got my tickets for that opening night. Yeah, same here. I'm curious to see how they (laughs) fit all that into a movie that's just under two hours. Well, it is just under two hours. Yeah, it's two hours of credits. Five minutes. It's two uh, two hours of five minutes of credits. So it's like an hour 50. Uh, That'll be a selling yeah. feature for Marty. <laughs> I, I, I'm all for normalizing shorter run times, but the whole what they seem to be doing, I'm like, oh, that's like a lot to squeeze in. So we'll see. I like Doctor Strange, though. He's like number four on my Marvel list. Number five. I don't know. Follow me on Letterboxd, y'all, and you can see where it's Doctor Strange. Right <laughs> Ooh, we, we plug in that tonight. Yeah, we are. <laughs> 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 um speaking of plugging things jerry before we get into all of our tissa <laughs> podcast stuff we need to run through why don't you plug your totally rad show sure so uh i am the host of totally rad christmas as i'm sure everybody knows by now it's a podcast all about christmas in the 80s anything from toys to movies to books to specials we'll cover it as long as it was even remotely having to do with christmas um, you can find me at Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas on Twitter at Rad Christmas or my Totally Rad website designed by Tis the Podcast Elf Tom Crow at TotallyRadChristmas.com. So I do have a Patreon starting soon because uh, Daddy needs a new mic and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also um t public you can get some merch there with some new designs coming soon so i got some cool pixelated characters coming where can listeners interact with us if they want to talk to us about hawkeye or thor or more importantly christmas on social media <laughs> i doubt this is many people's first rodeo but if it is go to linktree.com slash tis the podcast and you can find all the things including our patron where you can give us money for a bonus episode including and i'm going to go ahead and commit this coming out this week we will have a our guest art kilmer joining us to discuss space force under the very very loose christmas episode where they had a brief scene of christmas in march <laughs> they were hey, taking Kim's. after hey they were taking after bz christmas too <laughs> yes our kilmer posted christmas podcast check it out um i'm excited for next week especially if julia can nail our guest down by messaging him and seeing him if he wants to join because next week we are journeying to the land of hallmark movies to discuss 
one royal Christmas. No, one royal holiday, which is one of my favorite newer ones. Peloton fans will know the star's co-stars, Bradley Rose. And the week after, Jay Skipworth, a film star. Yes, Jay. Fun. Is joining us for Jaws for the Revenge, which he recommended we get on our list last year. We're finally doing it. So excited to have him back. That's on my list of things to cover, but I just haven't had any desire to cover it yet. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be another free week because, you know, he's going to do his research. I I never feel more underprepared than when Jay (laughs) and Jerry and Mike Westfall are on. Yeah, I don't do those episodes for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not even, Mike, yes, definitely, <laughs> for real. But no, I'm not anything. I just remember, <laughs> Jay, we love you, but I remember messaging Tom and Julie after that Halloween episode last year. And I'm thinking to myself, man, <laughs> this guy, he's amazing with all his knowledge. Yeah, he is. I like Jay. Yeah, I do too. Awesome. So check him out at filmstrip.com or filmstrip podcast. Search filmstrip podcast. Him and Ron Hogan, aka President Hot Dog. President Hot Dog. So, most exciting news we have we have 6,024 hours until Christmas. That's 251 days. That's 35 weeks. That's like eight months. Almost eight months exactly. Eight months exactly from today, when this episode drops. That's eight months. There you go. <laughs> I'll say it more confidently. <laughs> so get excited. This year's flying. We're already at 35 weeks. Like We'll be in the 20s soon. Leon Day is fast well, approaching. It. So do your homework, y'all. Jerry, thank you again. It's always a pleasure having you. Thank you, Jerry. Anytime. It's always fun talking with y'all. And Tom and Julia, I really missed you the past few weeks, so I'm glad we're getting back into the swing of things. Me too. It's been too long. Too long. Bye!